Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. We have found Emily, most importantly. The OG3 is back together. This is not a true crime podcast. I am here and I am fully alive. Fully alive. Yes. Emily mentioned that she did tell both of us where she was going to be and actually told me twice. So it's all on me, I guess. I don't, I, I completely forgot that she was going to be at Farm Fest doing important stuff down there. But we're, we're happy that you're you're alive, Em. Yeah, I'm I'm happy I'm alive too, actually. And I was sad to miss last week, but Farm Fest was a blast. A lot of fun this year. Ran into uh, quite a few people who said they listened to the Moose Room, so that was exciting. And it was it was a little hot, but it was a good time this year. Quite hot, from what I hear. Planning to go next year. Planning to to try to go every year from now on. It sounds like a, a great time down there. Hopefully it'll be a little cooler next year. Fingers crossed. Mark your calendars. August 1st through the 3rd, 2023. 2023. All right. Very important update. Brad, is your cow dry yet or are you still milking? She is dry and she is going to be a dry cow being shown at the Stevens County Fair this week. Actually, tomorrow, Friday. There's actually three dry cows at our county fair. It's crazy. Three dry cows and three milking cows and the rest are heifers. So. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I hear that, that that county fair has a pretty cool parlor, to be honest, is oh, that's what man. I we hear from. The, the best parlor of any county fair in the state. It is a, what is it, Emily? It so- is a three stall rapid exit. <laughs> and I hate to say it, but I have to agree. It is the nicest milking parlor I have seen at any county fair. It is beautiful, but. Bradley is a little too proud of it. <laughs> That's okay. Yes. That's okay. Definitely. Well, they can Definitely. milk all three at once and get them out of there real quick. Good deal. All right. Well, today, uh, no guests today. We're just just the three of us. We needed uh, needed some time to reconnect. Just the three of us without a guest uh, interfering with our with our dialogue and our banter um, and making fun of Bradley mostly. Also thinking as. As it of like my welcome back party. Yeah. Thinking of it as my welcome back party. There we go. Yeah. And, and you know, we we did check on Emily, uh, you know, that day. Yes. We made sure. I I did. I did not have my phone on my person at the time of the podcast. So when I did retrieve it once again, several texts, missed calls. So so they are, they are worried about me. So that was good. At least it just wasn't crickets. And they're like, Emily's not here. Meh. No, we care. We care. Thank you. So today um, we're talking, kind of revisiting a topic that we covered before, but want to delve into a little more specifics on what's going on at the Morris Dairy with Brad. Um, Brad had a field day just on Tuesday this week or August 9th, uh, the organic field day at the WCROC. Heard from a lot of people that there's some mastitis issues and some somatic cell issues. And Brad, you've been maybe struggling with those yourself at the at the dairy. Give us a, an overview of what's going on. Yes, we've been struggling once again. And Emily knows my frustration with somatic cell counts, especially in our dairy. She's helped me before in years past try and get things under control. And well, maybe she'll have to make a trip out again. But it's kind of an odd year, really wet spring. We got lots of rain, storms, and then all of a sudden dry. 
dry. So we had lots of mud in April and May, and then it really hasn't rained much in the last few months. But somatic cell counts have been high, and I've talked to other farmers, and their counts have been high too, and kind of struggling to get it under control. And we see ups and downs in our herd. I two weeks ago I thought I had it under control, especially in in the organic herd, and now I it's not under control again. So it's just uh, it's kind of crazy ups and downs every which way. And Bradley, quick question: of the farmers that have talked to you, are most of them organic or conventional grazing? Yeah, the ones that I talked to at my field day, m- most of them were organic. A uh, couple conventional grazers were there. So it's kind of been a struggle in the grazing world. And I don't know if it has been in the conventional world, but for our two herds here, it was uh, yeah, kind of crazy. I'm pretty open and honest. Our somatic cell count was, uh, <laughs> some cases it was over 400,000. I looked at the organics one day, we had like 500,000. And then I got it down to 238 about two weeks ago and now it's spiked again to 430 so it's just a never-ending battle the conventional herd was spiked up to about 400,000 and it's been riding at about 160 170,000 now so I kind of got it under control in the conventional herd but the organic herd I'm struggling so Brad have you noticed is this kind of you have a couple, you know, key suspect cows and once they're gone, that helps or is everything kind of up across the board for, for everyone or most everyone? Well, it was kind of up. It was kind of high on some cows. And then we t- we did some testing, individual mm-hmm. somatic cell testing, a, a few more and mm-hmm. and put those cows in a bucket so they it wasn't going in the line. And then we kind of had it under control. And then, well, myself and interns were going to test again in a couple of days um, to see if there's any uh, culprits causing the issue again. So somebody, I don't know, somebody's causing a, a problem and it could be just one cow. And that's the problem that we just don't know about. So we have been doing some extra somatic cell count testing just so we can see what's going on and try and figure out what's happening. Is that your first step usually, Bradley, is to to look and try to find these problem cows or chronics, or is that where you go first usually? Yeah, usually it's finding the chronic cows, uh, seeing what's happening there, uh, withholding their milk from the tank and see if it's actually those. And we do some additional testing. We're actually doing some bulk tank testing as well, which, um, which some people do. And that's, you know, that that's told us there's uh, some staph species in in the bulk tank, and there's a coliforms were maybe a, on on a little bit higher end, but you know not it, it's nothing to to be alarmed at. It's one that we should watch. So we've been doing a few individual cow cultures last week, and so they went off to the D lab uh, in St. Paul to figure out what the cultures were on those cows. I can pretty much tell you what those are going to come back as it's typically the mastitis bug. Or the, the one that we come back on a culture is called staph chromogens and that's uh, wrecked havoc in this herd for a while. We don't really have much staph, uh, staph aureus. I got that under control a long time ago and we have pretty low levels of staph aureus, even in the bulk tank cultures. Yeah. I mean, usually that's my, my first thing that I look at every time is chronic cows or cows 
you know, because it can only be a few cows that cause a lot of problems and keep your somatic cell riding high for the for the tank. And then, yeah, I start with the bulk tank culture just to get an overview and give us a baseline and see if we're improving in any area. So I like I like those two starts. Um, culturing, especially if you have cows that, that test high repeatedly, I think is a really good idea just to see uh, if they're they're lurking and hiding kind of from you and, and roller coastering up and down. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's frustrating, really frustrating, especially when it can be just one or two cows that are causing such a big problem for it, for the whole dairy, basically. Right. And that, you know, it, it's a problem for, for us, especially in the organic world. And I shouldn't say that somatic cell count is, is we should let it slide. But in the organic world, you know, there's large deductions for somatic cell count. Uh, then there's programs, at least for the organic Valley that you go on and you have to correct the problem, do additional testing to make sure that you're getting your somatic cell count low. And I just don't like filling out all that paperwork. So I'd rather not have to do it, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to do it this time. So we've been doing some extra testing to try and be ahead of the paperwork game that I know is coming. So it's, it's, you know, somatic cell count, I think for every dairy farmer, it's sometimes you just don't have a clue where it's coming from. And, you know, I've been spinning my head for three, four weeks now trying to figure out what's going on. And it's not one thing that says, yep, that's the cause. And that's the problem with somatic cell count. And, you know, as you kind of said, too, it is more challenging in the organic herd to manage, you know, your your management tools are a lot different. Um, and so maybe can you just give kind of a quick reminder? I know we've talked about this, but what what tools do you have in your toolbox uh, to manage mastitis or high somatic cell count with the organic herd? Well, we withhold the milk. That's probably number one. So it doesn't go into the tank. But we also use some uh, ointments on the udder to help reduce swelling so the cow can maybe fight off the infection herself. You can do frequent stripping of the, of the infected quarter. That's always, you know, sometimes that's difficult, uh, you know, and frankly, I'm to the point now where I know there's some chronic cows and after some testing we're going to do next week, it might be time to call some cows that are, you know, maybe three tests or so above a certain threshold or, you know, it might be time to call those cows. And that that's unfortunate. I don't like to do that, but, um, you know, it, it, it has to be done to, to, you know, otherwise that just perpetuates in the herd and it can spread to other cows. So I just, it's probably better to call them. Although I have been working on a new pilot study I did last week with our conventional herd looking at uh, a new treatment, it's corn germ oil uh, in our cows to see it's non-antibiotic. You give it uh, uh, every milking for eight milkings to see if it can help reduce uh, chronic cows and infected cows and stuff. So I'm kind of working with the, it's a company out of Italy and to see if we can find something that uh, maybe can help cows with mastitis or clinical mastitis or high chronic cell counts and not have to, to use, um, drugs. Uh, so that's kind of what we've been working on there too. And, and maybe there'll be some promising things there and I hope so. And 
uh, we'll we'll definitely see what happens. But we're we're doing testing in those cows too. Well, it's always good to try to find some more tools, especially for organic farmers. So hopefully that uh, that pans out and it it does show some some efficacy. One of the things I want to ask you, Brad, is how you guys look at cows uh, on a day to day or a week to week or a month to month basis. Are you waiting for a spike in somatic cell uh, on the bulk tank to tell you that you need to go look or are you monitoring on a more regular basis? Well, I, I do monitor the bulk tank uh, test results every time it comes back to see, and that might give an indication that there's something going on and I maybe need to do some other investigation in cows. We, we DHI test once a month, but that's, you know, one day where we can get the somatic cell count. So I, I do use that and it gives, that's kind of a benchmark of maybe those are the cows, but, and some of you know, we have technology here so we can look at milk conductivity of cows every milking to kind of see if there's some spike in clinical mastitis or somatic cell count based on the conductivity. So you know, we use kind of all of those tools uh, to to help. It's you know, if I relied on just one, I probably wouldn't be able to figure it out. So I I try to use every available tool uh, to figure it out. There's some new new tools I saw at World Dairy Expo that can do cowside somatic cell counts and and other things. And I just haven't tried any of those. I've thought about it, but uh, you never know where it might go into the future. If if we can tell somatic cell count like on the fly right while we're milking that would be wonderful and there are some tests that do it i don't know how accurate they are but um that's where i think we need to go so i can figure it out today you know by the time i get a bulk tank test back it's four days later and culture reports take a long time and by the time you have a a problem well you're a week into it and and it can be it, it can get out of hand really fast yeah, that's that's what I usually see is, you know, usually we can keep up with it on a day to day or week to week basis and keep an eye on somatic cell count um, on a monthly basis. But man, sometimes that feels like a long time to wait, especially when you're dealing with a problem a week after test day and you're trying to get it figured out now because because you need to. You want to be uh, ahead of the problem. So, yeah, cow side tests would be great. Um Honestly, I mean, records are such a overwhelming thing that takes a lot of time. So most of the time, that's a good starting point. Just go go look at the last six months of tests and identify the cows right right away that you need to test because they're not hard to pick out. Usually they've been testing consistently over 200,000 for a somatic cell or they have spikes up and down and they might be clean one test and then they're up again. Uh, and usually those cows are have a historical problem and you can find them pretty quickly. Unfortunately, a lot of times those cows have stuck around for a reason because they're high producing or they have sentimental value, maybe a show cow slipped into the herd, things like that. So there's there's lots of reasons to keep cows, but sometimes you got to make that tough decision and they got to go. I'm guilty of that, no doubt about it. It's like, man, this cow's milking 80 pounds or 90 pounds, but she's chronic and oh, I don't know. Can I call her? Should I? I'll keep her around. Hopefully she'll clear up or we'll use antibiotics to see. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Nope. If they've got a history like that, it's it's very rare that you can get them to come around. If you really want to try, you got to culture and kind of use those results to decide what you're going to do next. And then 
you have to have a plan for if it doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, they, they got to go because, yes, they're high producing, but then they're also a higher percentage of the tank, which makes your somatic cell count worse. So lots of reasons for that high producing chronic cow to go. Yeah, she's probably not making you much money with how high the cell count is. So it can be hard. I know it can be hard. The high producers, the pets, it's hard to let them go. But people don't think it's real world. Well, it's definitely real world here. Uh, No doubt about it. So, yeah. So one of the things I wanted to get into and Brad and I somewhat discussed earlier this week is uh, we have other markers for milk cleanliness. Uh, somatic cell uh, being one thing we look at. And there's other things that give you premiums or or help you with your with your milk check. Brad, have you been struggling with some of these other markers as well? Yeah, we, you know, LPC has been a, uh, that's been the one that we've been fighting with uh, lately, you know, so we got somatic cell count issues, but we also got an LPC kind of sometimes it rears its ugly head and then I get that under control. And then it's like the next day it's uh, back up again. And so it's, and that's a tough one. You know, I thought I had it, uh, it it was high and then I got it down low and now I looked again and it's like, Oh man, now it's like back up to where it was before. And I think I know the issue with it and there's some management things that I, we probably have to take care of from that standpoint to get that back under control or where it should be. So we will, but it's, it's not easy. Definitely not easy. That one's a big one. I, you know, we'll be honest. Our, it's really, we're running out of hot water. Uh, at certain times and uh, so some some days the pipeline's getting clean with uh, water that's not very hot and it's not uh, taking care of it so at least that's what I suspect that's what I suspect that's a tricky one probably my least favorite question that I get from dairy farmers is what do I do about my high LPC Um, so everyone's on the same page that's a lab pasteurized count so basically, it's an estimate of how much bacteria are in your milk that can survive pasteurization. And usually that is not connected to mastitis or bacteria from the cow because those those bacteria cannot survive pasteurization usually. What we're worried about is usually a milking systems issue, like Brad was saying, a cleaning problem. And my my number one go-to is hot water, like Brad said, you know, What's going on with hot water? Is your water hot enough? First of all, is the number one thing to check. I think we all are very aware. And if you, for whatever reason, if you're not, if you haven't been in a milk house, you need to be careful with the hot water in there. It is crazy hot and it's supposed to be, and it's for a good reason. But uh, that's one of the things I I check right away. Uh, It's a really frustrating thing to get a handle on, but it, it, it can be really, really frustrating. And it can be a really small problem that's really, really hard to spot, like a crack in your vacuum line or your or very, very hairline crack in your milk line, like things that you just have to check the entire system to figure out O-rings, elbows, places where things can can grow and 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 have some issues. So it's mostly a cleaning process issue, but man, is that frustrating thing to get a handle on. And it does affect your milk check quite a bit. And just a brief sidebar on the hot water. Yes, it's very, very hot. Your tank should have a warning sticker on it that the water is hot. If it has worn out, 
I recommend that you get another one on there because as soon as Joe brought that up, I had a flashback and I vividly remember the label on ours um, in our in our milk house on my farm growing up. And that sticker was very effective because I was afraid of the water heater, which was probably good. So just had to throw that in there as a reminder, especially if you have kids on your farm, if those warning stickers are wearing away or peeling off, get those replaced. I had to throw some safety in. That's fair. And uh, like I said, I mean, if you're unaware of how hot the water is and you just turn the hot water on to wash your hands or something in a milk house, you're going to be very surprised when you put your hands in that water. So just something to be aware of for sure. We need the employees to utilize the water, hot, the hot water more efficiently. The problem is, is that once they get done milking, then we're trying to wash the system the milk truck might be there washing a buck tank. They're trying to wash down the parlor with hot water. So we're just using a whole bunch of hot water at one time and it just runs out. And uh, so we probably need another hot water heater to uh, to make it work. That's That's the problem. So Brad has some management issues I need to figure out. Brad, you mean you're not the perfect manager? No, I am <gasps> not the perfect manager. Bradley exposed. <laughs> definitely not exposed you know on unfortunately you know it's it's one of the last places i look when we talk about somatic cell count or lpc issues uh is people because uh most of the time your employees are doing an excellent job and they've been doing it for a long time but it is something that you need to check you know all these things that we've talked about before uh on this podcast and with emily when we're talking about timing the milking procedure and getting all of that stuff right when we're talking how we're prepping and just making sure that it's all going smoothly is a big deal and it can affect your your somatic cell but uh there's a lot of other things to check first and then you can check that later when we've we've eliminated the the big things like uh, our chronic cows and and issues there that are that are causing the the problem We'll definitely keep you updated on what happens and if Brad can actually figure this out really fast because I need it needs to I, I got to get it under control like soon, like yesterday. Yeah, uh, just a, a glimpse into the fact that the dairy at Morris is while it's a university dairy, we do operate in the real world. We have real world problems and uh, can't always solve them immediately. So uh, we'll keep you guys updated. Emily wrap us up you're back i'm so excited that i don't have to wrap today yes yes since i am back and i am in fact alive and okay if you have questions comments or scathing rebuttals about today's episode you can email those to the room at umn.edu that's t-h-e-m-o-o-s-r-o-o-m at umn.edu if you have a question of your own that you'd like us to answer on a future episode of The Moose Room, you can call and leave us a voicemail at 612-624-3610. You can find us on Twitter at UMN Moose Room and at UMN Farm Safety. You can find Bradley on Instagram at Dairy, And you can learn more about what we're up to in Extension by visiting our website, extension.umn.edu. That's all, folks. Bye. Bye. Bye.